Hey, alright, this is Tim Crisp, and you're listening to Road to the Skeleton Coast with Brendan Kelly. Brendan, what's going on, Bubba? How are you? I am great. Um, I apologize in advance because I am in my living room today, as opposed to my basement, because my basement is having construction done on it. And so if you can hear that, like, sound of a distant fart in the background, that is the construction. Um, And if a bunch of giggly little girls run through this room, it's because I have children. Um, And so, yeah. It's Uh, possible that that could be the construction, too, though. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah, we we did hire exclusively seven-year-old girls and gave them a bunch of pixie sticks and shit um, to fix our bathroom. Uh, <laughs> well, the uh, beginning of a great fairy tale. It's true. And then I fell in love with those girls. What? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, generally everything's good here, man. It's... Uh, you know, getting ready to go um, see my parents in Missouri. A little vacation. Um, I love a good vacation. There you go. I love a good vacation. And Ooh. I know that some of you out there might be looking at the title of this episode and you're saying, oh, my goodness, season finale. What What is that? What does that mean? I didn't even know this show has seasons. Well, here's the thing. When Brennan and I started this podcast, we didn't think that this show was going to be anything more than a kind of low-key marketing thing for the Lawrence Arms album, Skeleton Coast, out now on Epitaph Records. That's correct. Yes. We figured figured we'd get together (laughs) in person, uh dozen or so times to talk about one of his records a week we'd have a good time doing it and then here's the thing we got together like two or three times and then we've been talking over the computer for a solid 14 months totally not anticipated all of that stuff here's the thing we like doing it but we've been doing this for a long time now so we're going to take a little vacation, a summer vacation. Mm-hmm. That's right. A European vacation. Oh, my goodness. Uh, a Van Wilder Euro trip. Oh, European vacation. The split I did with <clears throat> Dan Andriano. That's a <clears throat> record we never talked about. So perhaps we never talked about. Perhaps on re-entry, we can talk about that. I mean, it's only one of my songs. Um, and I couldn't tell you what Dan's song even is on it. Yeah, well, um, it's not like I sit around and listen to obscure seven inches of myself. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but we know that a lot of people out there do, and so of course we're going to come back to talk about things like that. And I guess whatever whatever works for us when we when we do come back, we are coming back. We're not going to say when because. You know how these vacations can go. You're backpacking through Europe, and then you say, "Hey, maybe I'll, maybe I'll stick around." Maybe I'm gonna I'll... stay here with Svetlana for a while. Yeah, uh... I'll cross the border and get my uh, get my passport stamped, and then I'll come back, hang out. Yeah, um, yeah. The thing is, though, that like for those of you out there who um, have ideas of like um, things that you'd like to hear us talk about, or um, 
whatever, uh, you know, uh, sign up for our Patreon, which is free for the month of June, since we're not doing anything really. Um, and maybe we'll be free after that. I don't know. Um, but, but sign up and, uh, and tell us, uh, you know, uh, we, I give, um, really good advice. I used to do this on the, my blog and, um, my advice was always, um, considered to be advice that was given to people. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you check that shit out. And, uh, you know, if you got a question, like, you know, your dick doesn't work or like, you you don't like your husband's tits or something like that, you know, like whatever, whatever it is, you know, or like, you don't know whether not to go back to school or, you know, you're suffering from a existential crisis due to the pervasive hegemony, um, that surrounds, your, uh, your your mixed family, whatever whatever it is, uh, you fucking just fucking write in, or not write. Yeah, I guess write in would be the correct thing. Or conversely, if you're like, man, I want to hear these motherfuckers talk about Die Hard. That's fine too. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you know, mm. uh, like obviously, there's uh, records and songs we can talk about if you want to deep dive into a song, something like that that I wrote. That's cool. Uh, there's there's a lot of uh, lot of options out there. There's always money in the banana stand, as they say. And that's a banana stand that keeps on giving. I tell you what, filled with potassium. We had a great run of conversations with some of your friends, now my friends. Now, honestly, now everybody's friend over on Patreon, patreon.com slash better sandwich, but started calling people up. That was really fun. We've gone and, and talked about some Simpsons episodes and mm-hmm. some movies and some other shit. And, you know, if you've been listening for a while and you've been thinking maybe I should sign up for that Patreon, now's the perfect opportunity. Sign up, comb through the archives, get all that good stuff. If you don't like it, you got a full month to listen to it and dip out. That's right. Well, it's a really good marketing platform you just outlined there, Tim. Uh <laughs> it just comes to me. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I mean, this is this really legitimately has turned into something a lot more than we anticipated. Uh and wanna keep doing it. So this was uh for me it was a big a big thing. The idea of taking time off didn't even really compute until we talked about it and you gave a very uh you're always good with just the yeah, just take a or this is the end of the season. Like that. Yeah, well, you know, that's what I listen. Tell tell these people about how good my advice is, goddammit. Patreon.com <laughs> slash better sandwich. So the song that we played, Brendan, uh as the intro to this episode is Abracadaver, which fitting for many reasons. It's the last song on what what we've kind of what you've referred to as really the first Lawrence Arms LP, the other two kind of being uh, sketches for what was to come, but Apathy yeah. the first one, Abracadaver, last song. I wanted to play that at the beginning of this particular episode because I think that in 
throughout this pod and all the songs that we talk about, this is the large. This represents the largest discrepancy on our opinions of this song. And I say that even referring to like Wandering Bird stuff that I came in pretty cold on. Right. When I brought this song up to you, you were kind of like, yeah, it's, it's okay. Yeah. I, here's the thing. First of all, I know there's something here that people really love. Like I know a lot of people who would say that this is their favorite Lawrence Arm song. Mm -hmm. Um, I know more people who would say it's their favorite song by me, you know, or who would say it's their favorite song on this record. Right. Um, I, um, didn't, I didn't think much of it when I wrote it, you know, like it, it wasn't, wasn't that I didn't like it. It was just like, Oh, this is pretty simple. And like, and there's some like nice parts in it, but like, I always feel like it's a little bit plotting, but I was trying to do that kind of like, you know, the song in sadding around, it's the end of, um, Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 24 hour revenge therapy. Yeah. I wanted to do something like that, but like, not like with that, like, mm-hmm. like, like it didn't have that, but like still that kind of like, like where you almost feel like it's a little too slow. And when I listen to this, I'm like, feels like it's a little too slow, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know? Um, but that being said, you know, you can't tell how hot your son is. You know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> 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 or you know like, what? Like, I guess this is where is, is this your your son uh, aged into a like full adult, or is this like for me would be a what a son might look like? Would he be uh, well, hot? I, Definitely. I, yeah. Um, I was actually going to say, it's like more like you can't tell how hot your dad is, but then it's like, no, there's not a weird fetishization about that. Um, um, <laughs> you know, so I think it's the son. I think it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, I'm like, look at my son. I'm like, you're a handsome boy. You look nice. You know, <laughs> but there's no way like I could ever look at him and be like, damn. Motherfucker's hot, <laughs> you know. You know? Uh, it's just like it's 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 not the same. And there's some songs that I know like really bring it, and like, but it's mostly because I feel like they either burn so hard, like something like recovering the opposable thumb, mm-hmm. you know, or something like um, Ramblin' Revisited. Um, by the wandering birds that like comes so sad, you know, and it's like the, there. The song does have very sad calm. <laughs> and, and, and like, and it's like with that, I, I'm like, oh, you did something good here. But with a song like this, it's also kind of an outlier for me in terms of like the way it's written and everything. Uh-huh. Like, I don't really do songs with this tempo and stuff like that. So maybe it's just out of my comfort zone. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that the tempo of it, 
you, you very smartly, I think, go, you don't go through like that opening phrase twice. It's like, it takes, and David and I were just talking recently about a later trio song that I can't remember which one exactly, but the tempo was definitely very pronounced. And we, we looked at Abracadaver as a great example of here's how you take this tempo, which would be way too long if you let parts, you know, go just instrumentally. You go through that opening phrase one time and then you come back and it's the dynamic shift is is there. It's like you're moving through that verse pretty quickly just because taking extra time would be over the top. Yeah, and I think that like, you know, probably Neil Hennessy um, and his general expertise. I mean, it's been, Jesus Christ, it's been 22 years since we were like mapping out this song or whatever. No, no, I guess it's been 20, 20 years since we were mapping out this song. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember really like too much of the detail of like the, like, like that, that kind of specific, like, um, like who decided to like kick it in where or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Neil is like a vibe master, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I know that I, I wanted it to, I wanted the drums to come in when they, when they did, but I, I think that it was Neil's idea to bring it in on the four instead of on the next one, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like that, that, that kind of thing makes all the fucking difference in the world. Yeah, for real. You know, I think that it's it's funny that you bring up in satting around because I think when you hear those opening chords and the way that they're recorded, it feels more like a dear you. But because it's just like, and I think the tempo that Chris plays it at is also very befitting to just how large it feels. Yeah, you mean like how it's like chugs, but they're not all chugs. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, but it's but it's like. You know, like there is like a space in there that I think, um, yeah, Chris is, it's yet another example of him um, just having a really unique way to um, manifest what a guitar part can be, you know, which is pretty cool. Um, It's, you know, a song that was, conceptualized by me is just chugs mm-hmm. it's just like the slightest bit of nuance and then it becomes like more like i don't want to say jangly at all but sounds like a chris mccoggan guitar part you know yeah yeah there's a good wall of sound that happens and it's not from recording eight different things it's just two guitars sounding very large yeah mm-hmm. it, it's this is a song that i think about a lot too and think about the first time that we talked about it not not just in reference to it being a song about 9-11 or inspired partially by 9-11 but the fact that you were recording this record around the time it's written too that's a pretty quick 
Turnaround, is it not? Yeah, yeah. This was the last song for the record. Um uh and I guess now that I think about it, I think that we all really, really, really liked this song at the time. Yeah. W- hence it being included on the record, you know? It was like it was like uh hey I wrote this song. I don't know if this is too cheesy. Like, it's kind of about like what happened on Tuesday, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> and then, fucking. Next thing you know, we're recording it for the record. So I think that we all really liked it. I think it was like, yeah, no, that's important. You know, it'll be, it'll be good. And I do recall being like, I don't think anyone's gonna know. I don't. Think it's going to be a problem right you know but uh no but that's definitely sorry that's definitely what it's about uh-huh and um yeah i mean it was it was fa- like it was really like that it was really like i wrote a song about what happened on tuesday like <laughs> that's how close to 9-11 it was uh-huh. <laughs> you know uh but we, we didn't even have a name for it yet yeah So did the Abracadaver, which is a Simpsons reference, was that was that lyric in there already? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, No, I mean, I wrote I wrote the song the way I write all my songs, which is just straight through. And then when I got the line like a magic dream haver and Abracadaver, I was like, all right, that's the title of the song. Uh huh. But you know. Yeah. We we repurposed the word and now it's ours. There you go. <laughs> um I think that the second verse too has this quality that feels like it feels slightly unfinished or it feels like there's like if you, you had more time with it. I know that you just said you finish it and it's done, but the fall is rolling in and I can't find my hat can't find my hat i don't That's, know I, yeah. I feel like if stain you say so, that stain so bad i'll never erase it stain so bad will never erase it it's the same thing yeah right there, but i think the idea there is like the first verse is a little bit like looking at what's going on and coming to terms with it right uh-huh. and the second verse is just being completely fucking shell shocked by what just happened, you know. Okay. So it's supposed to be like there's supposed to be like not a it's not an ambiguity, but a sense of like absolutely being on the ropes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like it's staying so bad, I'll never erase it. Staying so bad, I'll never erase it. <laughs> Um, yeah, fall rolling. I can't find my hat. I can't find my hat. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's like it, like I almost see it as like being in like once flew over the cuckoo's nest or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and you um, sort of start to just like look out the window just a little bit more and more, right? Yeah, yeah, and and like I understand where you're coming from, and maybe like. Maybe I'm ascribing an intentionality to it that wasn't there back then, mm-hmm. but I don't think that 
I had an intentionality beyond like, I mean, you know, like the first one is like the first verse, bright and burning blue, you know, I'm swallowing the pill. Like I'm believing this, you know, like, I know you still love me like you did. Like I'm afraid of the sky, but I know you're still good to me. Um, and the second verse, the first thing is the smell is so thick. I can taste it. Mm-hmm. It's stained so bad. I'll never erase it. It's stained so bad. We'll never erase it. You know, that, I mean, that's an obvious metaphor when you know what the song is about, but only when you know what the song is about. Yeah. Like, right. Cause right, it yeah. sounds like you're just a scuzzball, which you are. <laughs> Yeah, but but I mean, it's about the burning human beings in New York City, and it's about the actual stain of um, destruction as well as the stain on the like national consciousness. Mm-hmm. You know, um, is and. Like, you know, and then like trying to like get over it and you can't, Mm -hmm. you try and you try and again, it falls flat and then it's like, and then you just kind of lose track of what's going on. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Like at that point you're like, man, I've been trying, you know, I can't even. Where's my hat? Where's my hat? I can't find my hat. Yeah. And I actually think that right then when I was writing that, I did have a hat that I was wearing all the time that I had lost. So (laughs) dude, shout out to that fucking hat. Oh, that's, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's a, that fell on a sword for all of us. I think that hat, because that song, man, that, that gets me in like the in a in a really particular way where it's just become sort of part of my like in, internal culture you know i think about that line a lot i yeah. reference it like in my head all the time not all the time i do other things brendan I understand. I I, yeah, no, 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 no. We all, we all have things to do. But I mean, I get it. Like when you're not, um, you know, cooking asparagus or whatever yeah. the fuck it is you do. <laughs> Think about working on the. We got tree overgrowth in the back. That's become my like most recent get down is getting rid of that tree overgrowth. Oh. That going on. It's nice. But, um, you know, kind of in the way that like. Sergio's here when we talked about the way that line and like Sergio sort of became something much broader than just a line from a song. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know if I can't find my hat is quite like (laughs) that. Um, I mean, I don't know what it would possibly mean um, in that regard, but um I'm just really glad that this, like, I mean, this song is clearly like an evocative one for people and like, obviously for you and like, and we haven't even gotten to like the good part of it yet. You know, that's, that's the thing. Like, I think the end is like really where it's, it's great. Um, that's like the part that made me want to bring it to the dudes. Yeah. Which was the, uh, 
I mean, it's really just the one line. It's the nugget to me. Uh, well, uh, the, well, the which way one's that? the way it sets up, which is these columns are coming. Oh yeah. yeah, white bright stripe of light from the sky to the ground. <laughs> it's the biggest, most obvious red flag. Like that, mm-hmm. that, that is to me like the part of the song. Like that's that's what like what you that's what you paid admission for, right? Like, yeah, it puts it on the onto the next level. I think just in the shift, that shift is so fucking sharp and just like getting down. To jump up again yeah no it's funny you know it's funny like like we think we talk about this song now and like i'm going through it like this and i think it is a pretty good song and i think there's a lot of like pretty good songs that were on that record including you know brick wall views which i think is one of the best Lawrence arm songs that there is um mm-hmm. and i think about the reviews that we got for this record <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> well, really, that was like uh, not great, Bob. Uh, <laughs> 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 they, they were, I've been waiting to use that like casually for a while. Um, Glad I was um, here for it. Yeah, it was great. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, and, yeah, they were bad. <laughs> they were bad reviews. Um, so they really to me. Well, I mean, because at the time when this record came out, it came out of fat, and we kind of were like the new, like we were the new torchbearers of what fat would become. Yeah. At the time when people saw fat records, they expected like the lag wagon doodle bap shit, you know, mm-hmm. which no offense to that stuff. It's great, but that's not us at all. Right. And, and so people who didn't like that kind of music would never bother to listen to and review a record by Fat. Mm-hmm. And people who did like that kind of music would listen to and review this record and be like, what the fuck is this supposed to be? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it put us in a weird position, but, and I mean, it was only after like, really they, they signed D4 and then the success of Against Me. Mm-hmm. They're like, and like sort of the latent success of Greatest Story Ever Told after, you know, whatever two years of it being like I th- maligned. Yeah. I think I, I throw underground network in there too. Cause I think underground mm-hmm. network was, um, even though, I mean, anti-flag has always been pretty monolithic. I think it doesn't really matter what label those records came on, but I think their, their place in punk especially in the years 2001 and two is oh. so solid. So rock solid. So- yeah. yeah, no, um, I just, 
I just made vegan stuffed poblanos and um fucking making fun of me for asparagus, huh? And then I just rub my eyes with my fingers, even ooh, though I've washed my hands. Ooh, ooh. all right. I stuffed Damn. them with stuffed them with jalapenos. You stuffed your poblanos with jalapenos. You, that's a move. Yeah, well, it was um, black beans, refried black beans uh-huh. mixed with soy chorizo, and I diced up a jalapeno and put it in there. And soy then chorizo is a move. And then I mixed it with hummus mm. to give it a creaminess. Um, secret tip out there, people: if you're going to cook vegan. Anything you do with cheese, you can do with hummus. And I know people think it sounds gross, but it's like, I brought it to my friend who's vegetarian who wants to go vegan. I was like, here, I'm proving to you that you can cook vegan and it can still be creamy and good. And she was like, this is the best thing I've ever had. So telling you people, cook, use hummus, use just like plain hummus as though it were cheese. You can do it with, you could do a fucking grilled cheese sandwich with it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Just remember, though, that when you're replacing cheese with hummus, you're going to have the opposite effect on the way out. <laughs> I.e., it will come out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and um, but... I don't know what the fuck I was saying before I hurt my eye. Oh, it was the latent success of um, Greatest Story Ever Told. And yeah, Anti-Flag, Anti-Flag, I think, fits into a category where, like, they're beloved by, like, the political punks and the bros alike. Yeah. You know, because they do have such a muscly sound, especially on those older records, like the Underground Network and stuff. Now they've kind of moved into a thing that's, like, they're kind of, like, Billy Talent adjacent. These days, um, where there's like uh-huh. a, there's like a real like, I don't want to say new metal because that's like a bad word in our circle, but like yours, but um, I but, think for the for the kids, the kids are down. Yeah, and, and like it's kind of like what Rise Against did. It's just like they they've, they've transformed into something that's like. Where they went from being a like very much like halfway between uh, like the screeching weasel of lookout, but on fat, if that makes any sense, uh-huh. and like the clash, right? Yeah. That, that's kind of like where they were back then, and then they transformed into something that's very much their own thing. And it's similar to what Rise Against did in terms of like Rise Against started off as a really, really cool, emotionally driven hardcore band um, that was melodic, more melodic than hardcore usually is, you know? And then, and they and they transformed into their own thing that also has like tinges of that. Like, I don't know it's like the half steps in, in chord changes, and like uh-huh. kind of like weird um, 
studio devices and stuff like that. I like just to like, to keep everything very theatrical, I guess is yeah. the best way I would, would put it. And for both of those bands, they're both very theatrical bands, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, dude, nine one one for peace is one of my favorite fucking songs I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. But how long are you going to write nine one one for peace? You know, uh-huh. like, you know, it's been fucking 20 years or something, <laughs> you know, I should hope your band's evolved a little since then. So. And it's yeah. like, it's a, it's a band like rise against where you could see, you can see that band just fitting on each larger stage that it gets on. It's, it's never going to feel like it's too big for them to occupy and make it feel like they own the entire platform. Yeah. And they could be on any stage with any other band. And if you're like, this band is stupid, my thought is like, oh, whatever, dork. <laughs> Go fucking plug your address into that fucking arcade fire video again. You know? <laughs> like, Do you realize that you the Clash were at Shea Stadium? They played at Shea Stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to take the... What's up? No, I was going to say, you don't have to like anything, but like those are some cool bands full of very good people. And like, and they, and it's not like they do things that are bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like. For sure. We're going to take a break and we will be right back. We're back, and I and I I wanted to ask you, Brendan. You gotta. I mean, you you've been on the road for so much. Your summer vacations have always been eventful. But what do you what do you what's your what's your favorite summer vacation? Or alternatively, what if you could do anything on your summer vacation that you're about to have? Where would you go? Well, those are. Two very different questions, but actually maybe the answer is the same for both of them. Cause I think of places that I've loved the hotel Metropole in Santa Margarita was obviously very significant to me. Um, I mean, in that it influenced what we would decide to call our record, you know, Mm -hmm. um, The tour with Dan on the train was like not a vacation. It was work. Yeah. But it was like the best time I've ever had. Um, I remember like being a kid and going to hockey camp. Uh, and uh, Hell yeah. Where was hockey camp? Guelph, Ontario. Um, and it was... Uh, like back in those days, you couldn't do um, 
hockey in Chicago, 365, right? Right. Yeah. It was it was very seasonal, and I was at the point where I was like, I sucked ass at hockey, and then like puberty happened, and I became like really very 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 good, and it was like. Mm-hmm. You know, like over, over like the course of like one summer or whatever, mm-hmm. it was kind of like like when like the, you know, Tiffany comes back to school and she's got huge tits all of a sudden. Like right. it, it, was, it was one of those. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, but so like as soon as I got kind of like good at hockey, my mom, who was like, um, gosh, I think I paint her as like this like woman who just like didn't like me at all but she just was really very busy um and uh I, I i love my mom um but she was like i think we should send you to hockey camp this summer and so i'd go to camp this summer and i was still kind of like a dipshit here you know uh-huh. uh, like i didn't really have like a dick ton of friends or anything like that but i, I went to hockey camp and like it, this is going to be hard to say without it sounding racist. So I just want you to know it's Hollywood. That's racist. Not me. Uh Um, Like the first friend I met was like this, like super skinny Indian dude who was like, Hey, I'm Dev. Yeah. You, Oh, you want to be friends? Okay. Um, Which is like, like the boilerplate, like best nerd friend. Like, like to, if you want to, if you want to be like, this character is a nerd, that's who you make their best friend, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, not me, Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> I love Dev. I thought he was legit dope, you know? And he's like, and he was like, um, so we're going to be friends. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, for sure. And he's like, okay, let's go buy some cigarettes. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then like, we like walked down to the store and buy cigarettes or whatever. And, I don't know anything about fucking cigarettes, you know? And we're like smoking cigarettes. And then like my coach, it's like the coaches are all like, like junior B, major A and triple uh, A. And then a couple of like NHL guys. And like, oh, who was there? We need, uh, I don't know the fucking names. Cause I knew him as like Tony. You uh-huh. know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, Maybe it was Tony Granado. No, he's too, he's too young. Anyway. But, but for whatever reason, as dorky as I was here, and as much as Dev, I don't think had this same um, experience at the the camp. And we went back every year. the The players that were the coaches loved me, mm-hmm. and like it was like like the dude who was on the Kings. I think his name was Tony. Might have been Tony Granado. He comes into he would like come into my like bunkhouse room uh-huh. while I'm asleep, drop a thirty pack of uh, you know Labatt on my chest while I'm sleeping, and be like, "Come on, Kelly, meeting on the roof." And, and so like all of a sudden I'm up there with like all these like pro hockey players, like smoking cigarettes and drinking beer. Um, you might say it's probably had an effect on me in some way. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking wild. <laughs> yeah, and I just remember, like, and they wouldn't—they didn't fuck with 
any of the other campers mm-hmm. at, at all. You know what I mean? Like, like I was the only, like every night they would wake me up, take me up to the roof, get me drunk, um, to give me cigarettes and like, and never anybody else. And, uh, wow. so I probably at some point, if I was being my own psychiatrist for a spell, uh, <laughs> have conflated the idea of like self-destruction and being cool, um, for reasons that I feel like are pretty obvious, um, and with results that seem to speak to themselves. <laughs> so with that said, <laughs> thanks for hockey camp, mom. Thanks for uh, hockey camp, mom. Uh, I already uh, have thanks for rock hockey and camp. roll as an influence of like how to destroy yourself, but hockey camp also helped too. Thanks for hockey camp, mom. Is also a great name for uh, a emo band, like not an emo band, but like one of those bands that's like you know sidekicks adjacent, like uh, mm-hmm. like like something like Four Years Strong or something like that. Right. <laughs> like, uh, th- thanks for hockey camp, mom. Dude, hell yeah. That that band would do a split with Touche Amore. Um, Aren't they called Touche Amore? No, it's Touche Amore. See, that's not how that word's pronounced. (laughs) You know what, though? I I remember you referring to them as Touche Amore when you played at the Aragon on that Rise Against tour. And ever since then, even though... Uh, I've had Jeremy. Jeremy's been on As You Were. I've had him on Better Yet. Also, Jeremy's got a podcast that is uh, very good. It's called The First Ever Podcast. I'm editing it now. You Ooh. won't hear from me, but you will feel the work <laughs> if you miss me enough while we're on vacation. I didn't even plan on talking about that. Um, oh, man, that's beautiful. Perfect segue. Yeah, Jeremy's nice. I, I don't know him very well. Um, we just have like a couple of friends in common, and I've met him like one or two times. And he said some really nice things about my band um, on the internet, and I really appreciate that. You know, he's um, good people. He's mm-hmm. good people. But I think it's touche amore, dude. <laughs> I mean, amore, amore. That's like how like fucking get dude. What's his name? Um, the guy that pretended to be a drunk, but only drank iced tea. Oh, the million little pieces guy? No, dude. Um, For relaxing time. No, 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 no. He's the brat pack, like with Frank Sinatra. Judd no. Nelson. No, no, not the brat pack, the rat pack. Sorry. Oh, Sam Tony Bennett Jr. Tony Bennett. No, the 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 that's a more was Dean Martin. Oh yeah, Dean Martin. Yeah, and he sang that's a more right. I think maybe, they probably all sang. They, they probably, probably all sang, sang that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, there's nobody Italian whose last name is um, Martin or Bennett. Uh, so uh, <laughs> Sinatra, though. Well, you know, I mean, if you say it with an Italian accent. It becomes a more, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think that was the idea is you take a, the French touche and the Italian amore. But wow. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we'll Shit. find out. I'll, I'll, I'll write a, a book report. Yeah, I will. Come back from summer vacation. I'd love to know. You could probably just text him and just be like, is it Amore A-Y or Amore? Well, at this point, it's that's kind of a tough subject to broach. That's kind of like asking someone their name that you've met several times. You've got you've just been like going, hey, man. Yeah. For so long. Like, like, so you've seen the band and they've never said what their name is on stage. I think I just blocked that out because I'm I like focused on the one time I heard it pronounced Touche more by you. Well, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that I pronounced it that way specifically because they played right before us. I went, hey, what Touche more? <laughs> so. <laughs> Who knows? Hey. I mean, I could be saying I that's happened. I've been saying something wrong the whole time. the The other day, Jamie told me, uh, "Hey." Just so you know, it's cash. It's not cachet. I'm not trying to embarrass you, but it's pronounced cash. Depends on depends on the use. True. Like if you have like if you have like a grip of something, that's a cash of something. Mm-hmm. But if you have a lot of juice in a particular system, that's cachet. I got juice in every system that I'm involved in. You know what I mean? It's like that. Yeah, it's like it's like you know that motherfucker Tim. He's got a lot of cash in the international banking money laundering system. Uh, That 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 is cachet. But if you're like, he's got a cash of fucking stolen Rembrandts from the uh, you know not World War II Nazis. uh, (laughs) You know that's how that's how that goes. So there you go. Also, if you want to write in for advice about language, <laughs> also my forte. Um, in fact, I probably don't know about anything as well as I know about the English language. And I know more about it than eh, probably 30% of people. So, 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 uh, <laughs> I thought it was fort. You say forte? I thought it was yeah. fort. Yeah, fort. Yeah. <laughs> No, you're thinking of when you when you blow ass. That's called a fort <laughs> or, or a farte. Either. <laughs> and one one thing I thought would be good uh, bit of conversation for our season finale here uh, is the Ramblin' Boys of Pleasure. I love I love that song. It's I love that song too. I love that story that you told on the first ever episode of this podcast on fucking eating mushrooms no, in Europe. It wasn't eating mushrooms. It was more pathetic than that. It was smoking weed. Yeah. Hash oil. Um, because uh, at the time, Chris and Neil and uh, Frieder, our driver, were all big enthusiasts um at this point i think it's probably down to i haven't seen chris smoke in a long time um i think he's i think he's past that point but um they were like yeah we got this hash oil beaks you should try some 
And I was like, uh, what? Is it like hash? And they're like, yeah, it's it's exactly like hash. They're like, um, it's it's the same, you know. And I was like, because hash didn't like give me a brain high. It just gave me the high of like being like the dumb friend in like the Heathcliff cartoon that was like, yeah, no, I'd like a pizza. <laughs> That's funnier <laughs> than it should be, you know. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. and uh, and so. Um, and so I'm like, okay, well, how do you like take it? And they're like, you smear it on the outside of a, you know, cigarette or whatever. And, and that sounded great. Cause like, you know, uh, I'm not a smoker, but like any excuse to smoke sounds awesome. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so I was like, uh, great. And, um, and so, they pass it to me and it's got like the, the black tar smears on the side of the cigarette or whatever. Uh -huh. I take a hit, I take another hit. I take a third one because it's like sweet mother tobacco, finally. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then I, I fucking I give it back. And here's the funny thing, Tim. Not like hash at all. Uh, the, <laughs> it is like the most like high octane um, sativa style high that you could ever have where you're just like, okay, no, I'm just going to be looking at these trees. I'm looking at the trees. The trees are cool. You like trees. Trees are cool. Why are you kind of freaking out? Why, why do we care so much about how much you like trees? That's a little bit of a weird thing to say. Like, why are you looking at the trees so much? You're kind of looking at the trees a lot. <laughs> this is what's going on in my brain. Um, I don't know if you or anybody out there can like fucking oh, simp yeah. sympathize. I mean, especially with high, like high school when I oh, didn't really know what to do. Just like with weed. It's like, you're being fine. You're being normal. You're being okay. You're being mm -hmm. okay. You're being okay. Wow. You're talking about being okay quite a bit. That being okay. That's pretty weird. Like you don't mm -hmm. usually talk about being okay this much, <laughs> you know, like, and, uh, and so, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm up front with Frida. I could do a whole episode just on him. I really could. Um, Writing that down. Hell yeah. Um, and we sit in there because there's nothing else to do because we're driving all day, I guess. I'm like going back to being as stoned as I was. Uh, yeah, we're <laughs> so we're sitting there. Uh, <laughs> and um, and I've, I've got this book. And I can't even remember what book it was, but it happens to have this like tiny, like it'd be like maybe nine by four piece of paper, like in it, mm -hmm. not even eight by three, you know, and it's not like perfectly rectangular or anything. It's like kind of like ripped and whatever. And Frieder's listening to Boy Sets Fire Live, which um, right. <laughs> the best thing I can say about that is it's very popular in Germany. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and you're so, in Germany, right? 
oh, we're in Germany, all right, yeah. And and so I, I'm just like, all right, you got to get out of your head. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna write something. And I, I just wrote, and I was writing like one word a minute, like it, it was like a million. My hands are just sweaty at the thought of this. Times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it like, it, it, it took me, I think it took me two hours. And all I did was I had my journal and I closed it, like around it, or the book that I was reading, whatever. I can't remember what the book was. It could have been a journal. And um, I got home from that tour and I opened it up and there's this page of words and I sat down and I started to play and it was Rambo Boys of Pleasure. First time I played it through. Um, uh-huh. Like, it, 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 and it was just like, I mean, I remember the super painful exercise of writing it, but it's it's one of the few psychedelic songs that I've ever written. And like, you can kind of hear it when you think about it based on the lyrics, you know, that like there's proof painted on the roof and it's raining and I hate it is like, like that kind of wordplay that I usually use, but it's also like so abstruse as to not be understandable. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I could, I could give you like rationale for it, but like, you know, like to me, it's like, uh, it's like, yeah, there's a forward facing aspect of this that I don't really like, but I'm a little bit more than that, you know, but at the time Uh I think it's more like that. I mean, that was like really plumbing my sort of subconscious and, and my conscious also with like, like, a very again abstruse way of saying something like that yeah not not that that's not what i meant because it's like things have changed forever where the ram and boys of pleasure is a that's throwing a gauntlet at like hey you think you know who i am no you don't um you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm done with that shit mm-hmm. things have changed forever bitch uh <laughs> 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 you know and uh so yeah um but it's very very um funny like i i wrote that song in what could be politely described as a fugue state <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you went to there's proof painted on the roof because i think that is still a it still gets me how out there that line is right yeah it's like um it is a weird line but it's also got like doesn't it have like that um rear window kind of vibe to it a little bit where it's like 
Like you can just kind of see it if you come here specifically, mm-hmm. you know, and like, and it's like, if it's on the roof and it's raining, then it, it, it's not fun to go up there and see the proof painted on the roof. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you kind of hate it. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like it, it's there, there, there's like, I think there's more to it than like meets the eye even though I think there's probably also less to it than meets the eye, because I think that because it is so esoteric in terms of like uh, the linguistic quality of it, that I bet it's like, I bet that there are many people out there that have a much cooler interpretation of what that means than I do. Yeah. I, I think it has that mirror kind of quality to it where it, you look at it and you and you see it and what you're seeing is i don't know maybe it's partially your own truth maybe it's just i don't know there's i and i think like it's cool that it came to you when you were in europe with how like even though you're in germany that record is such a you know literary you know slavophile type thing and oh and yeah that, that image just feels like it and you probably referenced it in some way in the footnotes with like a fake reference but I it pro- does feel I like, probably do. yeah <laughs> it does feel like something that you know you would come upon in in a book like that where yeah vastly vast would right yeah um that it's funny like um and i mean this one is interesting also. I mean, like, I don't want to get too far away from talking about the lyrics. We have other, like, things that you are interested in. But what I do think is funny is that, like, and I think I said this before, but it bears repeating because it's just, to me, it's interesting and hilarious. Neil's like, how did Ramblin' Boys of Pleasure become popular? It's not like people like we just kind of told everybody that that was like a big song i don't get it like <laughs> like yeah. i think we just told everybody that song was popular and then it became popular um and i don't know that it works like that <laughs> but <laughs> i can follow the logic to an extent but it's like it's like don't call me white by no effects mm-hmm. they just told everybody that was a hit and people were like, yep, sounds like a hit. It's a hit. And then, like, you know, 20 years later, you listen, you're like, don't call me right. Uh, yeah. You know, it's not my favorite. It's, but it's, it's very interesting that Rambo Boys of Pleasure. I don't know. I mean, like, I'll tell you this, man. Um, and it's particularly in the, like, the last few years. It's like when I see Lawrence Arms tattoos that have like lyrics in them or anything like that, uh-huh. it's always Christmas songs, 100% of the time. This is like, this is my entry into like uh, people's skin. You, you know, like, yeah. like, like I, I don't, I don't see a lot besides this beyond this, which is good. I, I like not having evolved since 2003. Um, <laughs> <laughs> makes me feel really good. To know that, like in 2003, I 
had uh, some sort of equal footing. <laughs> and now I'm mm-hmm. significantly the less popular guy in the band, uh, which is good. Um, I like that. I think that I think one reason that that song became what it is is there's one element of this is like a song about your band which maybe is is like the like big replacements fan in me where I always love those songs so much and the Bouncing Souls do it a lot too where they're just like here are these songs about how we like you know we're a group of hooligans and uh and whatnot but we're also a band who is trying to do the thing and I think that when people people really became like so big on the Lawrence arms that song like stands out I think as a as a nugget of like kind of a unifying anthem in a weird way yeah I mean like the thing is the phrase rambling boys of pleasure is not mine I didn't make it up you know um right it's like a, a traditional Irish folk song that was borrowed by the Pogues. And then I picked it up from a seven inch between wine press and the fighters uh, called the rambling boys of pleasure. Mm-hmm. And then wait, I, was it wine press and the fighters. Yes. Okay. And I wrote the song again while so high I couldn't even like fucking straighten my eyes uh, uh-huh. you know and it just happened to be there and like when I wrote it I didn't expect it to be this big colossal choral ending you know yeah like I, I just and, and then like but so so that's not really mine what it is is it's a it's a phrase that's tried and true about like people like uh, hanging together. I know that there's a aspect of the, of that particular phrase that implies like um, whoremongering, I guess, to just like put it in as like brutal terms as possible. Uh huh. It's, I, I never knew about that. I like until much later, but like, uh, I don't think that's what it sounds like. I you're, would, I'd never heard that before in my life. So yeah, we're, we're the rambling boys of pleasure. You're the mm-hmm. ladies of easy leisure. It's right. like the, the Pogue song. Mm-hmm. Like, it, yeah, it makes sense when you think about it, but obviously that was not my intentionality at all. I mean, like what I meant was more like, we're going to cast off these fucked jackals and set ourselves free and be like the rambling boys of pleasure, man. Like we're, we're out there now. Like we're, we're doing what we like, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, uh, and, and I mean, I stand by, I stand by that shit. And like, just like the, the, you know, in the construction of it, I was not stoned. And like the way that it, you know, 
that it's bird, it's plane, it's goddamn shame. One day until retirement, it was God's way. I'm ready or not, you're here I come. There's tears on my cheeks from being so dumb. Like that, like all the way back to the beginning, mm-hmm. is like you could feel somebody just getting more and more and more frustrated, right? Like it's just like the way, like the, the guitar and everything is, the punchlines in the way you've been fucking yourself, like all that kind of stuff. And then when it gets to this proof painted on the roof, you're trapped in that moment, mm-hmm. right? Whatever like your interpretation of those lines are, it's like you're stuck there. Even uh, you start screaming and you're still stuck there, you know? You're, you're, you're fucking trapped. Like the proof of whatever it is, like my bad marriage, my fucking wasted life, my fucking whatever the fuck it is, the fact that I'm in Cleveland and not in Wisconsin, uh, it's, <laughs> it's on the roof and it's raining up there and I fucking hate, like, like I, I can't even get through it and I fucking hate it. And then it breaks open and it's like, nah, man, things have changed forever. We're out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the way that I wrote it. And, um, or at least the way I constructed it. I, I wrote it, like I said, like one word every 15 minutes. <laughs> one word. Look around. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. I I just wrote that word. Wow, what a word that was. I think I'll use one of those letters again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you're <laughs> I'm thinking of Chalmers given the evaluation to Skinner and him writing a perfect ten. I'll start with the Zero. <laughs> zero. <laughs> now just <laughs> fill in the tens column with the one. <laughs> Wait, is that the... And then I might be confusing episodes, but does it not start raining on the school uniforms or is that a different one? No, that's when I, I believe... Oh, uh, maybe. I was thinking it was when Willie fell out of the, uh, <laughs> the air duct. <laughs> covered in grease but I think you're, I, 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 I think you're right that's really a retirement with grease uh, yeah, yeah, I, think, I think you're right I think that is when the yeah down with homework um, yeah you're right <laughs> and also that's really his retirement grease and, the, and him being greased up and falling uh, those aren't the same episode either <laughs> what the fucking better note seriously for uh for us to to sign off mm-hmm. thank you so much for joining us this is our podcast it's called road to the skeleton coast this is the season one finale we encourage you to subscribe you subscribe you follow on your podcast player of choice, you're going to get that season two, episode one, the moment it's posted. We've got a Patreon, patreon.com slash better sandwich. It's free right now. 
Dog's been giving out good advice all episode. That's Sending, right. Uh, Sending your, qu- yeah. your queries. I'll advise you. <laughs> um, and, and check out that backlog of content. It will definitely hold you over until we return again. We look forward to that return. And we'll see you all then. All right. Thanks, everybody. I used to hear, son, you've got a lot to learn. I used to hear a lot like the slow dog burn. The paper runs back on his bad breath smoke. Singing, hey, man, let me tell you a joke. Well, what's attached to a leash that he made itself? Punchline is the way that you've been fucking yourself. Sit down, shut up. It's a long ride yet. I'm here to tell you something that's not easy to forget. It's blood, it's plain, it's goddamn shame. One day until retirement, it was God's way. I'm ready or not. Forever with the